This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brunett. South Florida and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place and have been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida since 1922. This is our 98th year of helping people experience new lives, better lives. Good morning again. I'm Ron Bremen. I happen to be the president and wow, this world of ours has certainly changed you know, we're dealing with the homeless issue, and we've been dealing with it for many decades. But with the virus, uh, it just has caused so much more and many problems. Uh, we love our homeless. We love the people that are experiencing problems in life. You know, we're serving women that are fleeing domestic violence. Uh, we have men that are mentally ill. <laughs> we have people that have drug addiction. And then the kids that come with their moms. Uh, have been really ripped up from home to home and place to place. And now in the middle of all this, for the last several months, we've been dealing with the virus, as everyone else has. Uh, we have started opening up in our counties, in Broward and in Miami. We have centers in both counties, and we've been opening up a little bit uh, with very great caution, very good um, safety measures still in place. You know, I am so thankful to the Lord. We have over 600 men, women, and children in our centers and another 130 staff. We're just so grateful that we haven't had any cases of the virus. We've taken super abundant precautions, and yet when people come into us for services, or when people are out in the community, you know, it's so easy to have that virus transferred. And we have big centers. Uh, we have our cafeterias and our kitchen and how to serve people. We've changed that all around. Uh, smaller groups go to eat together. We have the thermometers for testing. We have uh, the charts that we take every single day asking the questions. And if someone is sick, we have clinic staff that we can are available and then get them to the hospital for testing if we have to. And that's probably one of our greatest needs right now. So if you're listening this morning and maybe you're connected in the medical community, we are in great need of the rapid test, the rapid test that can be uh, given in the morning and then we can get the results in just a few hours. Right now we're trying to open up our centers to allow people uh, to come into our programs or even to our short-term programs in both Broward and Miami. But to do that we want to have some type of testing. So other agencies have been able to do the testing, uh, been getting, getting clearance and then we've taken just a small handful this last week uh, our capacity is down. We haven't been taking new people. People have gotten their stimulus checks, and uh, and a lot of people are just tired of uh, being cramped up and staying in one place and following our rules, and they already have a bunch of problems they brought into the centers, and so they have left uh, with their dollars, and so our beds are down, but that's okay because we have to practice safe distancing and social distancing, so we're, we've got our beds kind of like 
put in different areas and moved and found other different areas to put people in so we don't have people just on top of one another. Uh, our, there, it is dorm setting, so there are multiple people. In one dorm, we have 35 people. Another dorm, maybe 25 people. And then we do have some individual rooms and such. But that means that these men and women and children, uh, even with wearing their mask and washing their hands and making sure that the place is kept sanitized, uh, they're going to come across with one another. And when people leave to go to a, for a job interview or maybe to a medical appointment and come back in the building, we have to do the uh, temperature check again and ask the questions just to make sure that everyone's safe. So we are very thankful. We're, we're, we're not only the caring place, we're the praying place. And we've been praying for our centers and for our community, for our nation and the world uh, since this has really become an issue. Uh, we believe in the power of prayer, and we're just grateful. You know, we're not out of the woods yet. You know, anything can happen in any day. But I pray as we, tomorrow we celebrate Memorial Day, and that's a very special day to to really honor all of our men and women who have served in our uh, armed forces who have died. That's what Memorial Day is. Veterans Day is for all veterans, but Memorial Day is a special day that we look back and we say, wow, look at all the men and the women who have died for the freedoms of our country. Uh, even today, uh, people are dying in the front lines. They, they've worked in the health industry and they've contacted COVID-19. They may not be a military person, but they have passed away in serving a, of others and serving of our nation. And we want people to be safe. We're going to be safe. You're going to kind of miss the gatherings in past years where people could get together for uh, memorial bashes and going on the beach and barbecuing and all that. But we want to remember also our time. And maybe uh, this is a nap time to remember all those that have gone before us, young men, uh, middle-aged men, <laughs> women, uh, people of all ages, creeds, nationalities that have served our country and have died uh, in fighting for our freedoms and keeping us free. You know, we have a lot of problems. There's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of, sometimes I think, hatred in our country uh, for certain groups. And But, you know, we are one nation. And the Lord teaches us, God teaches us, that we're to love one another, that we are to bear with one another, that we're to honor those that lay down their lives for us. And that's a time we can just take a time out and say, listen, not everyone's perfect. Uh, everyone has a political thoughts in their minds and saying, you know, I believe this, I believe that. But for us, as an agency that helps the homeless, it doesn't matter what creed you are. It doesn't matter what po political view you have. If you want to help the homeless and you want to help people experience a new life, uh, you're our friends. You know, people say, well, what are you, Reverend? Are you, uh, what, what denomination you are? What political group? And I say, you know something that's not really uh, important. The most important thing is, is how are we serving those that come to us for help? How are we impacting our community? How are we changing lives? How are we helping that person? That Maybe you see them when you're driving around. Even today, you know, we weren't able to take in as many homeless as we could in the past two months because of the fear of the virus. And so you have an increased amount of people on the streets. And when you drive by, you see somebody on a bus bench or somebody begging at a corner or maybe at a gas station, and they look like they're okay. They seem like they're okay. And you think, wow, this person should just go get a job. What's wrong? And you maybe even stop and talk to them. Maybe you give them a dollar. I don't recommend that. But maybe you say, there's nothing really wrong with this person. But you don't know the back end story. You don't know the trauma he may have experienced or she may have experienced in her life. You don't know what they're doing right now to make ends meet. You don't know if they have an addiction. Uh, sometimes it's pretty easy to tell if they have a mental illness when they're talking to themselves and they look disheveled. But how do you help that person? You know, we're still in America. Do we Baker Act him, put him into a, a mental institution for three days, and then he's released again? 
And so we have a high degree of those type of people coming into our centers. And then with the virus, you know, people are even more uh, frightened and more uncertain about the future. You know, I've talked to many, many people uh, that have come alongside of us in the last few months. And, you know, you can make a difference, too. You can go to caringplace.org slash virus. That's caringplace.org slash virus. Uh, it's just great people that have come up. They've known the additional expenses that we've had. Uh, some of our donations have faltered, but there's others have come and really made up the difference above and beyond my expectations so we can keep our doors open, you know, pay our bills, and, and make sure that we can still take care of those that are in great need. And then another way that people have been helping us, we opened up our thrift store. We have a thrift store at 8700 Northwest 7th Avenue. It's in Miami. When you go to our website, caringplace.org, you'll see where the thrift store is. It is a place where we help train the men and women in our programs. Uh, when they go out to get a job, we want to help them train them in the soft skills, you know, be on time, be polite, follow directions, complete your task, and, and help them get accustomed to having a regular routine so when they go out and get a job they'll not just get a job they'll keep their job and it's also a place that we sell items that we can't use in our centers it helps to to raise funds for our programs and so we need your donations we're doing this very cautiously you can uh, go to our website at caringplace.org and slash thrift or go to the thrift store and we will come up and pick up your items. You know, here we call it our spring cleaning with a purpose. This is a way you can recycle and repurpose and reuse your items, uh, gently used items, by the way. So you're going through your closet, you're seeing clothes that you no longer want, or maybe there's some furnishings you're gonna change. We will come pick them up, give you a tax receipt, and we'll use those items in our programs, in our centers, and we'll sell the excess in our store to raise money for it. Well, you know, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to do this week as we still continue to battle the coronavirus. But as I've heard it said so many times, we are in this together. We're praying for you. You continue to pray for us. And stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. Excited to have with us today over the phone, of course, uh, Richard. Welcome from 211. How are you doing, Richard? Doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. Miss seeing you in the studio. Usually we do this interview one on one and uh, we get to see yeah. each other. Uh, and, and uh, many of our friends from 211 who come down for interviews, but I'm glad that we're able to do it over the phone uh, because I believe very much in your program and what you do uh, to help others in the community. So tell us a little bit about 211. Yeah, so 211 is a three digit number, uh, very reminiscent of 911. So you know that you can call 911 for different types of emergencies, but what about those emergencies that um, police or or fire rescue can't help out with? What about those situations where families are running low on food and they don't know where to go? What about those families that uh, are worried about getting an eviction notice and needing help with rent payment assistance or maybe their lights are being cut off? What about those situations? So with dialing 211, uh, you're able to dial that number 24-7 and no matter what language you feel comfortable with, you can also dial that number. And you will get in contact with one of our trained counselors. Our counselors are, are there to be that first stop for anyone who's in any type of those crisis in understanding what those options are and what are the next steps that are available in order to find 
uh, help for those types of emergencies. And in addition to finding resources, the 201 line is also a crisis line. So we also provide 24-7 free crisis counseling over the phone. So whether someone is just needing someone to talk to, um, to talk about some difficulties that they're going through, or even if they're having thoughts of suicide or if someone else is concerned uh, for a family member or loved one with having thoughts of suicide, our counselors are there to de-escalate those situations and, and try to um, help out in that acute moment just to make sure that that person can be safe at least for that day and work together collaboratively to, to take the next step forward uh, with getting any type of help that, that's needed. So that is two-on-one in a nutshell. Absolutely, and, and I thank you so much. I mean, I think uh, I've told you this many times. Uh, you guys are my go-to number one organization uh, because of the many resources that you offer our community because it's important to have that general number where you can go for pretty much any questions that you may have. And you know it, I know it. I mean, we're seeing unemployment is going up. Uh, the lines for people looking for food because they're in need of food are humongous. I mean, I go by the uh, tropical park every morning on my way to the office and I see, you know, I think they do it once a week or something like that. And the line just goes around the corner uh, because there's so many people in need, and I'm sure you get some of these calls at 211. People hungry, people that don't have enough food to eat. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are, are going through different levels of crisis, but as you mentioned with food, food has been one of the biggest needs that we have noticed. Our call volume has uh, doubled in the past um, in the past couple months since the pandemic started, and um, there's a lot of people that you know they don't know where to go they don't know where the the nearest food event is in their area or they don't know what to do especially now thankfully they've waived uh, eviction notices for the time being but when that goes up imagine all the families that have not been able to pay their rent and now they're two three four months behind and they don't have a job to come back to uh, what are those resources? What's going to be available? Everything is so fluid at this moment as we're trying to find out what those resources are in our community, but they're all valid needs that we need to uh, start thinking about and being ready for. So when we get those calls, we'll be able to direct them in the right direction. And, and that's got to be very scary. I mean, imagine a family with three, four children not being able to pay for their rent, uh, and then, you know, when the situation is over, you're right. I mean, the landlord, um, we always have to look at both sides. I mean, the landlord is also mm-hmm. in need of paying the mortgage for that home or what you, that mm-hmm. building or whatever the circumstances. So everyone is, is put in a very, very uh, difficult spot, if I, if I may say. Um, so yeah. again, I mean, I have to be thankful uh, for the resources, for the community. I, I know there are many places uh, where they're giving away food items and, and how wonderful that you guys have a list and that you're always updating yourselves with the resources. Um, I am so happy and very thankful also uh, for you mentioning uh, crisis, uh, a depression. Everything that's going on can really, really drive someone into a depression that can turn into something else more serious. Am I right, Richard? Yes. Yeah, one thing can lead to another and it's and it's really unfortunate that um, 
that people have to go through this type of pain and suffering, but I guess it is fortunate to know that there is help and assistance out there for for people who want uh, want to find resources, whether it's for themselves or someone else, because the help is out there. It's just a matter of taking that first step, and sometimes that first step is really difficult to ask for help, but it, it is out there, and we are available. Exactly. It's important because even uh, as a family member, because sometimes, you know, the person having a problem is not able to recognize that there is a problem uh, so easily. Mm -hmm. So if the family member is noticing anything, um, how wonderful that you can dial 211. And I know you're open uh, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Am I right? Absolutely. You're never close. Never, never. And and operators never. are available in Spanish and English and Creole. Am I forgetting any other language? <laughs> uh, I mean, any other language. There's people who speak Russian or Hebrew or we live in such a diverse um, community here in yes. South Florida. So, yeah, so we, we do have those abilities to get in contact with uh, translators that can help us through that if that person does have a preference with language. There is no excuse. If you are in need, if you have a question, if you have any type of trauma or uncertainty or you don't know where where is the next place that is giving away food, uh, our wonderful listeners, I highly suggest uh, that you contact uh, 211. I, I always say they may not have all the answers, but boy, do they have resources. And, and Richard, tell me about your social media. How can people follow you and find 211 other than just calling the three-digit number? Yeah, people can follow us on our Instagram page at 211Miami. Uh, we're also in the process of updating our data, our website, so we'll be having a very nice 211Miami.org website um, coming soon. You can still access it to find resources on your own if, if you rather uh, search online versus calling in. Um, but, uh, yeah, we are always uh, available 24-7. Um, thankful to our uh, organization, Jewish Community Services, since we are a program of JCS and to our funders, uh, the Children's Trust. So uh, it's really important that we continue to be collaborative uh, within our community in order to help out everyone since there are so many people at different levels of needs. Uh, but all of them very important so we want to be there for everybody and I have to say if you are listening and you're not struggling you're not those you know you're not one of those uh, lucky blessed individuals who do not need 211 or any help from anyone in the community uh, that is helping find someone that you can help uh, find an organization that you can support find a family that you can actually lend a hand to um, our centers in Miami and Broward are still open. We're still helping the homeless and hungry of our community. Uh, we're still doing everything that we can, of course, keeping everybody safe and cleaning and doing everything that we're supposed to do in order to not put anyone at risk. Uh, but nevertheless, we're still here. And, and like us, there are many other wonderful organizations or even your own neighbor. You know, if you're not one of the ones that is struggling, I urge you to find someone that you can help. And, and if you are struggling, or if you know someone who is struggling, please, please call 211. Um, Richard said it. I'm going to say it one, once again. Uh, 211 is open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and, and they're there to help you. Richard, I want to thank you and your entire team and, and all the wonderful organizations that you work with 
for updating the database, for staying there, for being in the front line of helping people. Uh, thank you so much for everything, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I have uh, with us today uh, on the phone, uh, we have our wonderful volunteer coordinator for both Miami and Broward, Vanessa Cooper. How are you doing, Vanessa? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me. Thank you. Oh, my God, Vanessa, it must be hard. You are the volunteer coordinator. Tell me about those volunteers in, in our centers. How are you feeling? What are, what are your thoughts? We are missing our volunteers so much. It's, it's not the same without having them in the centers, but they are really going out of their way right now. Uh, we have volunteers that are making sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, that are going through their closets and they're telling their family and friends that uh, they can help with a clothing drive and uh, some of them are making masks so they're just really really um, still showing love even through this trying time right now so um, but truly do miss seeing them um, like we used to have them in in our centers helping us serve meals and and making phone calls and and just that interaction is is really um, missed from them Absolutely. And even in our offices, in our bargain barn, I mean, volunteers pretty much, I mean, there's a backbone of everything, everything that we do here at both uh, centers in Miami and Broward. You're you're right, Vanessa. I miss them. Uh, I I used to see volunteers all the time, especially those uh, big groups of volunteers that I remember greeting in our food service or the thrift store. Um, you're right. The, the buildings are not the same. Uh, none of what we're doing is the same. Uh, but what a blessing uh, that many of our volunteers continue to be involved, even through this very difficult time, even when some of our volunteers are struggling themselves, right? Because this is a very difficult time for many people. Uh, but tell us about June 3rd. Uh, what are we doing on June 3rd? And, and once again, we're going to miss our volunteers. Uh, but what are we doing on that day? So June 3rd is our Boombastic birthday celebration, and um, we are going to do um, it different without our volunteers, but we can still use their support where we are celebrating everyone's birthday. Uh, this is a day where we um, either the gentlemen that are in their center or in, in the street, we celebrate their birthday with a cupcake, with a birthday card, and we do try to have a little gift, either hygiene items or a T-shirt or a hat. And usually our volunteers are so awesome and our supporters, and they help us gather that. So we are still in need of those items. So uh, please let us know if you can help us support the uh, Boombastic birthday. Yeah, we're almost, we're so close. I mean, it's in, it's almost less than two weeks. Uh, so if you are able to support with a uh, gift for someone, whether it's a man, a, wo- a woman, or a child, uh, you know, a new T-shirt or a tie or a pair of socks, you know, or if you prefer to do a monetary donation, then you'll go to www.caringplace.org slash birthday. And you can make your donation just for the birthday celebration. And we will make sure to do the rest. And, of course, we will send pictures uh, about the many times that we sing happy birthday and Mm -hmm. the many candles that we light. And 
and and, it, and it's really exciting because a lot of people that we see on this day, uh, Vanessa, I know you've seen it too. Uh, sometimes they have never had a, a birthday celebrated in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Or received a birthday card. Some of them will hold their birthday cards, and and um, even when they come into the center, show show us that they still have the birthday card that they received when they first got here. So uh, definitely something um, so special for them. That is so, so true. I mean, I admire you tremendously. I know you have a very important job here at the Miami Rescue Mission and Broadwater Reach Centers. We, you are a very, very essential part of our organization. And I want to thank you for being so sweet uh, with all the volunteers and for always making them feel welcome in our center. So you heard Vanessa. If you want to meet Vanessa in person, if you have never volunteered before, go to our website, www.caringplace.org slash volunteer. And Vanessa will get back with you almost immediately. Vanessa, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Well, today we get to interview one of our young ladies that uh, are resident here at the Miami Rescue Mission Center for Women and Children. I have Lauren with me, and I know a lot of times you hear us interview men, and you don't always hear the women as often, and maybe that's because maybe they're a little shyer. But uh, today we have Lauren. We're so excited to have her on the program today. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Well, Lauren, um, Oh, usually when we do these interviews, we allow you to share with um, our audience uh, your life before the mission and uh, what really led up to you coming to the Center for Women and Children. Well, basically, uh, my life has just been a spiral, downward, upward, all kinds of ways. Um, I came here originally from Orlando. I came because my fa- my mother and my father have um, unfortunately passed away. But when my mother passed away, it really hit me, and I just didn't do anything correctly after that. Um, Whether it was the decisions that I made or the things that I did, it was just wrong. So it basically put me into a position where I had no help. I made, I burnt a lot of bridges. Um, I lost everything from a home to cars to money to where I ended up pretty much out on the street with nothing. And I had, at the time, I had three girls Mm. with me and I was pregnant when I decided Mm. to come to Miami because I had no help. What's the point of being around so many people and not get anything? So that's basically what led me to Miami. So coming to Miami, um, I tried again, you know, just to rebuild and just to start something all over again, which to be honest, primarily is where I've gotten most of my success, being away from everything that I've ever known and starting over is all that I ever needed. Um, I ended up out on the street in Miami. I tried to get into another program. They were telling me no. My son, unfortunately, was at um, Miami Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, Three weeks, almost a month, and he was only about a month and a week when I was out on the street again. Outside, now with four children, three girls and my son. Um, still trying to get into programs, people telling me no everywhere I went until I got to Miami Rescue Mission. And at first it was, well, 
uh, kind of a no. <laughs> um, a lot of children. Yeah, uh, it was full. yes, it, it was full. There was full, and that was really the main issue. Everywhere I went, was there was no space for me because it was such a big family. Um, but I don't know what it was with whoever I spoke to that day that were like, you know what, we'll we'll make something work for you, and we'll let you stay. And that's how I pretty much got to Miami Rescue Mission. Wow, that's amazing. You know, the other day um, there was an inquiry. I know I get a lot of those web inquiries, and I always send it over to the manager at the Center for Women and Children. And she had written me back the next day saying that, uh, well, we're going to take the family in. I already told them I already have one family that's uh, kind of sleeping in the living area right now. There is no more rooms uh, but, you know, we can't leave you out there on the street, and uh, they said they're coming. So I know how crowded it gets over there. Now, you have the experience of actually being at the Center for Women and Children. Uh, tell us a little bit about what does it feel like uh, to be in a center like that with other women that are going through maybe similar situations. Well, to begin, it's definitely hard in the beginning. Um, you're coming into something that you have no experience with, you know, and everybody is coming pretty much from a damaged history, a damaged past. So when you get all these women together, there's a little bit of chaos in the beginning. But this program offers something that a lot of other programs don't, and it has this Christian, you know, environment and background. And I feel like that almost smooths it out for all of us because if it wasn't for that I think we wouldn't come together as we end up coming together well we want to hear more about your story so we're just going to take a break for just a moment so please don't turn that dial because you're going to hear the rest of the story from Lauren well you heard it just a few moments ago Lauren talking about coming into the Center for Women and Children at the Miami Rescue Mission and as she finally did come into the program it was not easy uh, as you're living with other women and they're going through difficult times. So, Lauren, kind of pick up your story right there. Well, basically, my day-to-day -day would be I wake up with my team of kids <laughs> and start getting ready. Breakfast is pretty early in the morning, but there's a schedule there. And I feel like the schedule is important because it gets us ready for real life. You know, when you are out on your own, especially when you have multiple children, you just need to be ready. So I get up, I get ready, I get my kids ready, we go to school, and then from there, who knows, there's um, different There's different devotionals every day um, that are very important to attend. Um, I, in the beginning, I felt like, oh, it's not something I want to go to. It, was, it wasn't something I was excited about, but that's actually where I got to meet Miss Brummett and who definitely inspired me a lot through her devotional. And um, there's other activities that we get to do on a daily basis that I'm very grateful for as well. My children are, um, even though they have such a, they go against so much already. They're in a shelter. Um, they get sometimes labeled as the shelter kids, and that's just reality, unfortunately. But they receive so much that they have actually become happy to be the shelter kids they get to go to all the kinds of events and all these kinds of people come to speak with them and and whether it be reading a book or just handing out some cupcakes they they are truly so happy and so appreciative of all the things that people come to do just for them it makes them feel really special and um we also have that as well for the ladies we receive all these things from the volunteers as well sometimes it's just a word of encouragement but you never know what we're going through or any of us could be going through that day that that word meant so much for us 
Well, and I also happen to know, and I'd like for you to kind of close with this, you are going back to school right now. Uh, you're going to college, and uh, you're actually doing your service assignment on my team, which is wonderful, the development team. And uh, so let's close with what your goal is and, and how how did you get enrolled in school while you're at the uh, Center for Women and Children? Well, um, originally when I got to the mission, I like I said, I was just lost. So um, I needed to pick up somewhere. And being a mother of four children, um, I need to have a career. I need to have stability. And the main way that I feel like I could achieve that was by going back to school. So I'm currently enrolled at Miami-Dade College. Um, my degree will be a pre-Bachelor of Arts degree. Um, hopefully, what I'm trying to do is get into the fundraising management to go into the community development department, whether it be at Miami Rescue or anywhere else. I, I love what they do, and I want to be a part of it somewhere else. Oh, that's pretty amazing. And uh, it's great that you get to do some of your service assignment with us and still get the college in and still be able to take care of your kids. I know it's hard for listeners to understand how in the world could a mother be out on the street with uh, four children and one of those a newborn. It, it that's It's just inconceivable. Uh, to even think that that can happen in the United States. And yet we know that there are hundreds of women and children and families who are out there on the streets, and we know that's not right. Uh, so thank you, uh, those who are listening, who support um, any organization that is helping uh, the homeless, the, the abused, the hungry, the hurting. And if you are helping the Miami Rescue Mission, we want to really say thank you. And if you'd like to help, uh, go to the website, MiamiRescueMission.org or BrowardOutreachCenter.org. Uh, Lauren will probably have you come on again and give a little bit more of your testimony because it is dynamic. And uh, as you are sitting here, we can see that you're going somewhere in your life with your children. So thank you for being brave. And and uh, sharing your story with us today, Lauren. Thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure. You know, the highlight of our program every week is really hearing about a changed life like Lauren. You know, people come through our doors. Oftentimes, they don't have even clothes with them. They're just wearing things on their body. Uh, they don't have a toothbrush. They don't have anything. They're just coming and they're saying, you know, I, I need help. I can't feed myself. I'm tired of living on the streets. Uh, I'm getting beat up or I'm, I'm uh, fleeing a domestic violence situation. My boyfriend or my, my partner is beating on me. And they come as they are. And so we have already have a, a great staff that's ready to receive people. We do not judge people. We don't look down our noses. We're not going to tell people that, you know, why don't you get a job and what's wrong with you? We're just going to accept them as they are. You know, that's what God does. When we come, when you turn to the Lord, he accepts us exactly as we are. All the warts, all the failures, all the good things too, but he accepts us and sees us as we are. And that love, and I've said this so many times, when you can love on people, and that's why this ministry is so vital in our communities. Uh, it's, it's full of compassion. It's full of love for people that are hurting. And love will never demand a change. But love, real love, and you've seen this in your own life, will always produce a change. And that, that emanates from God the Father, God the Son. 
and through our, what we've done for the last 98 years. I've been here for 30 years, and this virus is something new. We have weathered the hurricanes. We have weathered floods. We have weathered recessions. Uh, before my time, it's even more things the mission has weathered. But this is something different for everybody. We, You've heard it said over and over and over and over, all the news outlets, everywhere you go, we're in this together. Well, of course we're in this together. And this is something different. This is not something that a hurricane came through and you have three or four months of uh, rebuilding. This is something that's going to last for a long time. It's devastated our economy. And in fact, the way that we work with the homeless has changed dramatically. Uh, we have to be super careful uh, doing thermometer checks every time a person comes in or leaves, uh, doing uh, the questionnaire, making sure that people are, are safe distancing themselves when we have our our meals throughout the day. We have to have smaller groups. We have a pretty big kitchens, but they have to have smaller groups. That means many more times go through it. People that were allowed to do certain things can't do them. And we're slowly, as the economy and what our, our counties are doing, what our state's doing, our nation, we're slowly opening up things where people can go back out and start looking for jobs, start looking for apartments, looking for places uh, that they can start um, their life, their new life, you know, they've been holding back. You know, isn't it a shame that we can't have graduation ceremonies, we can't have uh, certain festivals, and tomorrow being Memorial Day, you know, a lot of people like to have big outings, go to the beach, go to the boat. You really can't do all of that, and, and if you do, it has to be very sequestered. You have to stay in small groups and make sure you know who you're with and wear your mask at all times, and it just takes some of the fun out of doing things. But I guess after being locked up for a couple months, uh, getting out is a joy for many people as long as we do it cautiously and responsibly. You know, you can help us right now, especially during the virus. Uh, we need uh, people's helps more than ever. And I know some of you right now are saying, hey, listen, I need some help. But you can go to caringplace.org slash virus, caringplace.org slash virus. We are continuing to serve those that are needy. We have not shut our doors down. We, in fact, we're opening up some of our spaces so we can take in some of the homeless that we weren't able to take in the last couple months. But our bills still go up. Uh, we still have to pay electric and gas and insurances and all that. And we just need your help. I don't really beg. I have never really begged in the, all the years I've been here. And I don't want to start now. But when I say we need help, I mean we need some help. So you can go to caringplace.org slash virus, make a generous donation. $2.10 will provide one meal for somebody and hope uh, for $21, that's 10 meals. Another way you can help us is to, when you go on our website at caringplace.org, look for the thrift store and help us by donating your gently used furniture, your clothing, cars, boats, uh, lawn equipment, things that you are going to discard, repurpose them, reuse them. We'll use them in our centers or sell them in our thrift store. Well, again, stay safe. Happy Memorial Day tomorrow. God bless you and tune in next week right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org.